and welcome to the No Name MMA Show. Welcome to the No Name MMA Show, the best damn MMA podcast you've never heard of. My name is Motivated Andy, and I see a lack of content regarding one of the greatest cards in recent history. So, I figured I'm going to make some shit so you can review it, because... What better than to put my unsolicited opinion out on the internet for you guys to eviscerate? So, we have UFC Fight Night Calvin Cater versus Josh Emmett to talk about. Nine finishes. I believe six first round knockouts. I mean, like, what, what, what do you say to that? In a fucking card with 13 fights. Nine finishes. We start things off with Roman Delize. The homewrecker. Delivering this knee straight to Kyle Dawkins' face. And just finishes him. One minute and 13 into the first round. That's the first one. That's how we're starting off the card. That's the tone. The next fight we have Phil Haas. Round number two. This well, he destroys Deron Wynn. I mean, they could have called it after the first round, but Deron Wynn just did not want to go away. His five foot six ass needs to go to one seventy. I'm sorry. I don't care why you're fighting at one eighty five at five foot six. Without looking it up, I can tell you, Phil Haas probably had a half foot with reach advantage. Everybody in that division is gonna have. A half foot reach, reach advantage when you're five foot fucking six. And fighting in middleweight. Five foot six is like fucking bantamweight height. But yeah, Bill Haas goes out there, gets the job done. Then gets in like a little tiff with Daniel Cormier. And this is the one time that Daniel Cormier was not being biased like that. I mean, yeah, Deron Wynn is his teammate and a coach to his wrestling team. But at the very beginning, Phil Haas... He was giving him praise. He was just like, Phil Haas could be a serious fucking problem at middleweight. And he goes out there and shows that he is a serious fucking problem at middleweight by putting on a fucking show against Deron Wynn. Boom. Two knockouts. Right from the get-go. The third fight, Eddie Weiland versus Cody Stammen. What, what were we supposed to think? What were we supposed to think was going to happen in this fight? A knockout. One or the other. It's do or die for both. If you lose, you're probably out of the UFC. If you lose, you're probably going to retire. Cody decides he is not going to lose. He's going to put the gas and the pressure on Eddie Wyland. Goes up there, knocks out the man in less than a minute. Eddie Wyland goes on to retire. And I'm not surprised. It's not surprising that that happened. I mean, nobody was shocked. Eddie Wyland, thank God, retires after that fight. Such a fucking G. Inaugural WEC Bantamweight Champion. Um, yeah, I mean, great career. I'm glad he called it. Uh, not, nothing much else to say. I mean, Cody, this does nothing for him. He was, a, I think, a minus 600 favorite leading into the fight. So that's, where, that's what I'm saying. Like Nobody was surprised about this. It would have been shocking if he went out there and didn't get a knockout against a guy that's been nothing but on the receiving end of some epic shots. But, okay, so now we're three KOs into the prelims. 
Then we have Maria Oliveira against Gloria DePaula. And for this one, I knew, I, I didn't know, but I mean, if you take a very close fight at women's straw weight, probably get a go decision. If, if the odds are close, it's probably going to go to decision. So I figured this was going to go to decision, not another KO. The streak ends. But if they weren't down to fucking just eat their shit and just keep on going towards each other. Maria Oliveira was talking shit. Gloria DePaulo was glad to meet her in the middle. And they just fucking went at it. For a decision on the card, the first decision on the card, you might be upset. Two women, decision, whatever. It was a great fucking fight. It was a very fun fight. It was a palate cleanser between all the fucking KOs. We actually see somebody just not get knocked the fuck out. But then we have Ricardo Ramos against Danny Chavez. And Ricardo Ramos, if you don't know, he likes to do spinning shit. And he did just that, getting his second spinning back elbow finish over Danny C uh, Chavez. Danny Chavez goes down and then he thinks that he's still in the fight. He's out so long and so clean, arguing. He was just staring off into the distance. But Ricardo Ramos, again, first round KO. Three first round KOs, four finishes into five fights. So then Court McGee versus Jeremiah Wills, they both go out there and they both decide to bang it out. Jeremiah Wills ends up putting Court McGee face first on the canvas. First round KO. You cannot make this shit up. Me saying it out loud, it doesn't feel real. Me watching it on Saturday didn't feel real. Another first round KO. We keeping count, guys? Are we? Four first round KOs. All right, so we reached the end of the prelims. This is the feature prelim between Jasmine Judavicious versus Natalia Silva. And Judavicious went out there and fought Kay Hansen for her UFC debut. Kay Hansen was pretty middle of the road. Uh, Jasmine makes it look like easy work. Natalia Silva was this highly touted prospect, apparently. had it, She was supposed to be in the UFC and fought two years ago, but for whatever reason, she didn't. This is her UFC debut. And it was shocking, to say the least. I mean, for a UFC debut at a feature prelim, a spot that a lot of UFC debuts do not get, Natalia Silva puts out fucking masterclass. I mean, it's fucking insane. It's giving me chills thinking about how good she looked out there. For a debut. I mean, men aren't debuting like this. Patty the Batty got a knockout, but he was getting pieced up. Ian Gary, getting pieced up. But this was a fucking masterclass. Reminiscent of Anderson Silva versus Chris Lieben. Like, what the fuck? Utterly shocking. If you want the hipster take, if you want that one thing that you leave out of this, and you're like, hey, you know what? I'm going to steal some shit and make myself look really good around some MMA hardcores. Put out the name Natalia Silva. Just keep that shit in your back pocket. And just know that... At some point in time, she is going to be fighting for the flyweight strap. Sooner rather than later. If those performances keep up like that, holy fuck. 
Now, before we get into the main card, I just want to talk about how spoiled my wife is. Truly. I mean, she gets invited to Fight Night at Buffalo Wild Wings. And if you're a girl getting invited to a Fight Night at Buffalo Wild Wings, you're probably dreading it. You're probably like, fuck, I'm going to be here for like hours drinking beer, light beer, expensive beer, with douchebags that are going to be yelling about violence. Right? The card she gets, Jorge versus Ben. I believe Valentina versus Jessica I. John Blahovich versus Luke Rockhold. And John Jones versus Tiago Santos. She witnesses the fastest knockout in UFC history. Then Valentina Shevchenko just separating the consciousness from Jessica I with a head kick from hell. Not only that, but we follow up the whole fucking thing with John Blahovich just breaking the jaw of Luke Rockhold. Which, by the way, she knew at that point, Luke Rockhold's my boy. You got a crush on that boy. And she's Polish, so Polish power. It just fucking works. That's what she gets to see the first time around. The next time we invite her out to the fights, at this point she's like, well, that was fucking cool. The next time we invite her out, she sees Cyborg get destroyed by Amanda Nunez. If you don't recall, Cyborg was destroying everybody else. We were both like, this will be fun, but Amanda's not going to do shit. She sees Cyborg go out. Guys, she sees Cyborg face first on the canvas. Her second time watching UFC. To some extent. So that was years ago. You know, at that point, we're now together. We're living together. Uh, in between her weddings, she would get the off Saturday where she can watch fights. I remember one time she was working in between when she ends up seeing the Saturday card in London about three years ago. Jorge Masvidal, a relative unknown, fighting Darren Till, who she, she had known. She was kind of hyping him up. This is after his loss to Tyrone Woodley. And I'm thinking that Jorge Masvidal is going to go out there, get crushed by Darren Till, and he's going to retire from MMA. Nope. Jorge Masvidal goes out there and knocks out Darren Till. Not only that, not only that, he goes backstage and pieces up Leon Edwards. She sees this. By the off chance that she was around in that afternoon. She was working weddings at one point, And she, whenever she's in wedding season, she really gets one weekend. Often at a time per like a quarter of a year. And she ends up. This is a couple of years down the road. I'm talking about a year ago when the fights first started up. And she ends up off on the same weekend where Kamaru Usman versus Jorge Masvidal 2 happens. UFC 261. In the middle of her hectic-ass wedding schedule, she is off 
for UFC 261. The first fight card in front of fans. We go out there for the main card. I'm not even going to go into the prelims. Just the main card of UFC 261. A weekend that she thought she was going to be working wedding. She ends up being free. Anthony Smith goes out there and destroys Jimmy Crute's leg. That's fight number one. Fight number two, Uriah Hall wins a first fight in UFC history without throwing a significant strike. Chris Wigman goes out there, breaks his leg on a check. Then we have Valentina Shevchenko destroying Jessica Andrade. Coming, if you forgot, Rose versus Wiley Zhang. Rose knocks her out. And not only that, but Kamaru Usman goes out there and knocks out Jorge Masvidal. Finishes him for the first time in I don't know how long. Second round. Perfect. Perfect knockout. So yeah, I just wanted to get that off the chest. Because that's what my wife gets whenever she happens to be available to watch a fight. Just like this Saturday. Getting all the finishes. She's my little MMA lucky charm. Whenever I need a finish, just have her around. So let me go into the main event. Main event. Adrian Yanez against Tony Kelly. Tony Kelly um, decides he's going to be playing heel because he can't be the face because he's a racist piece of shit. And Adrian Yanez has the people of Texas behind his back, the people of Brazil behind his back, everybody in the MMA community on Adrian Yanez to get this KO. I wasn't even looking forward to this fight because I knew Adrian Yanez was going to get the KO. I have receipts on Twitter. Follow that shit if you need to. I said Adrian Yanez first round KO. Easy. Easy. And Adrian Yanez fucking delivers. To a very durable Tony Kelly. Speaking on just fighting terms, Tony Kelly is very fucking durable. The fight, how it was going, that's how Tony Kelly wins fights. He gets hurt, comes back, finishes it. Adrian Yanez goes out and shows what is up. My favorite part was the last two hooks behind the head of Tony Kelly that land perfect just as the judge is pushing him off. Just pure mm, violence, violent perfection, just yummy, just ugh. Again, another first round KO. But let's keep the theme of the night going. Julian Marquez versus Gregory Rodriguez. Robocop versus Miley Cyrus's lover. Robocop does not have time for that bullshit. Robocop ends Julian Marquez. First round KO. Man, it's absurd. It's crazy. At this point, I'm pinching myself just saying, I can't believe this, I can't believe this, I can't believe this. This is not normal, this is not normal, this is not normal. Because it wasn't. I mean, this shit is uh, unreal. 
So that's another first round finish. The last of the night in terms of first round finishes. Then the fight that I was actually looking forward to. Demir Ismagulov against Kudaladze, Garam Kudaladze and Ismagulov were riding a pretty decent winning streak going into this. I just like that Middle Eastern flavor that, that we're going to go in there and we're going to die. And if I win, hopefully I win. But like I'm going to go out there and put it all out. Demir Ismagulov I think was riding a 18 or 19 fight winning streak. He ends up getting the decision a split decision win over Kudaladze and it was a really good fucking fight. So the third decision of the night, all three of them amazing by one way, shape, or form, and this one is no different. A very close fight, but Demir does get the nod. We move on to Joaquin Buckley versus Albert Durayev. Albert Durayev and Joaquin Buckley used to be teammates, and uh, Albert said, we had sparred before. You guys are going to want to pay attention. I'm going to put this guy out. Please watch. Joaquin Buckley apparently hears this or something, but he puts out Albert Durayev. He was piecing him up, doing work. Albert Durayev ends up with like a giant knot over his eye. And the fight gets stopped um, after the second round. And good on him. Because that could have... Those kinds of injuries I just see like on someone's eye. Their visual core for finding out what the fuck is in front of them. It's just scary. Like why? Why are we fucking around with that shit? Joaquin Buckley gets another finish. We then move on to the co-main event of the evening. This is the co-main event. I went through the whole fucking prelims, and now we're at the co-main event. Kevin Holland versus Tim Means. Kevin Holland at welterweight. This is a second fight after beating Cowboy Oliveira, getting him cut from the UFC. He shows Tim Means that speed, that power at welterweight coming from middleweight it's different skinny kevin holland is fast that reach is quick and tim means his game they were both trading in the middle kevin holland does get the better of the both of all the interactions kevin holland is the one winning kind of every single one and he ends up hurting tim means in the second round and instead of going to kill him like that he decides you know what I'm just going to grab his darts right quick. Choke him the fuck out. Which is exactly what he did. Choke your chicken. Kevin Holland. He said what he was going to do. And he did it spectacularly. First submission finish of the whole fucking fight. We have submission finishes, guys. TKOs. Flat out KOs. And submissions. Amongst wars. And personal amazing performances this all leads up to the main event of the evening Calvin Cater versus Josh Emmett Calvin Cater coming off of that amazing performance against Giga Chikadze he ends up inviting Giga Chikadze for his training leading up to Josh Emmett Josh Emmett uh, fucking stand and banger 18 and 2 has the power of featherweight to put anybody's lights out Except for Calvin Cater, a guy who's never been knocked down in his UFC career. And they both put on such an amazing performance. If we're not going to get a finish, I want a fight like that. A fight where, in my opinion, I had it 2-2 two and two going into the 5th. I had Calvin Cater doing just enough to win the fight. But again, who the fuck am I? Josh Emmett gets the nod from the judges.
It's a really, really good... It was a really good fight. It was a really close fight. I'm not mad that Josh Emmett won. It was a close, close fight. I thought Gator did enough. But that's just me thinking. That don't mean shit. Back and forth. It looked like Emmett had more damage done to him. To me, it seemed like he might have fucked up an orbital. But I also think he fucked like he I think he fucked up Calvin Cater's face too. I think like at the third, he landed some shit, and Calvin Cater's face looks like it, it caved in just a little bit extra. I mean he already has a busted face just because he won't get surgery to fix that nose, but it looked like it was just busted just a little bit more. Josh Emmett gets not, and he calls out the winner of Wolkanowski versus Holloway 3. That'd be interesting. Does he have the clout to do it? I don't know. It sucks, because I don't want to deny Josh Emmett after going into a war with Calum Gator. I don't want to deny him a title shot, but I don't know. I, something in me just wants to see him fight one more time before he gets the shot at the strap. But that's just me. I, I don't know. So nine finishes. Fucking crazy. Six first round KOs. Let's also throw in a submission while we're at it. That was UFC Austin. And that was special. And if you guys didn't watch the prelims, sucks for you. If you guys didn't think this card would live up to what it was on paper, sucks for you. As for those who were able to watch this unicorn of a card, congratulations, because that shit is going to go down. As one of the best fight cards in UFC history, period, let alone this year. And man, when we were making the mid-year awards, I thought everything was down pat. But now, who the fuck knows anything? And that is why we watch MMA. But yeah, that's my breakdown of the card. If you like what you heard, like, subscribe, comment, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. The whole nine yards. My name is Motivated Andy. Thank you for listening to my internet rant. And I'll talk to you later this week. Invest in your mental health. And as always, Bucky John Jones. Peace.